glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Amen? You guys excited about being here? Woo! I'm excited about the word all the time. <clears throat> you know, I tell you what, I tell you what excites you about the word is when you just just, just living. <laughs> Just living it should excite you about God's Word. Just, just living day to day. I mean, every day. Waking up every day. Experiencing every day everything that's out there to be experienced. And seeing God's promises there and available to us in our lives. I mean, it should excite us every day. I mean, when you see things that... When you see something happening or something going on that you know is not the will of God, you see things happening in other people's lives or you're seeing decisions that people make, it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't even matter what it looks like is happening as a result of somebody that's ungodly or not whatever. At the, in, 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 in the end of this thing, it, it, it will be, it will always be the way he said it will be. Amen? Always. It will never, ever, I'm telling you, never, ever, ever will it end up being the way, it, the way other people that don't know God say it's going to be. It will never be that way. It may be today, it may appear to be a month from now, a year from now, even 10 years from now, or whatever. But in the end, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. Amen? And he is. He absolutely, he, he is who the Bible says he is, and tonight we're rejoicing over that. Amen? So, tonight, um, you know, I'm, you know I'm, a, I'm a series guy, right? And so there's always a new series or there's something we're going to teach, you know. But I, I don't know, tonight, it's just a, it, it, maybe I'll teach this for a while. I, I taught it uh, um, toward the end of last year. I don't know, it, last couple of years I've taught it at different times, but I just, tonight we're just talking about the name of Jesus. We're just talking about the name of Jesus. The power that's in the name of Jesus. What's at our disposal. Amen? Um, tonight I, I, I want to look at something that, a passage of scripture that kind of, it's you know, it can be a kind of a difficult passage for some people. Um, but the only reason it would be difficult <clears throat> is because the, the only way this passage of Scripture is difficult is if you don't understand God, you know. And if you don't understand God, then it's just an opportunity to understand him. I mean, you don't, you don't have to look at it as a, a negative. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they <clears throat> a, a question was asked, and I gave an answer to the question. They asked, he asked me a question, and I gave him an answer. And he didn't like the answer. Just a friend of mine, you know, lives in another place. And uh, he didn't like my answer. He said, yeah, but, you know, this, this, and this. And I said, well, okay, but that's not the way I think. He said, well, is your, the way you think right? I said, no, no, no. I, I'm saying, that, I said, I'll back it up. I'll, I'll change what I'm saying. That's not the way I see God think. Because it was, a, it was a spiritual question, you know, about a spiritual truth. And I said, I don't, I don't see that in the Word. And he said, well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's in the Word. I'll show you where it's in the Word. I said, okay, tell me where, where it's in the Word. 
Well, he, number one, he couldn't tell me. And I'm not, being, I'm not being critical. I'm just making a point. He said something. He asked me a question. I gave him an answer from the word, and he didn't like the answer. Right? Well, as we started going through, he, he couldn't find the scripture he was thinking about. And then he quoted the scripture, but he misquoted it. So what he thought was scripture really wasn't scripture. It was just a good thought. And there's a lot of good thoughts out there that the end is destruction. There's a way that seems right. Something can seem like it's right. The Bible says this. There's a way that seems right, but the end is destruction. But when you find out about Jesus and you find out that he is the way and the truth and the life, and anybody that comes in through him finds life and, and understanding, right? But he's the way, he's the truth. He's the life. So this passage of Scripture I'm going to read right here, it, it, this passage is difficult for the guy I was talking to the other day. I'm not, again, I'm not being critical. I mean, nobody in here even knows the guy. And it's a, that doesn't matter. And I'm not being critical of him. He just doesn't know God in the way that I'm fixing to tell you about God. Okay? And, and that doesn't mean he doesn't know God at all. I'm just talking about in the way that I'm fixing to tell you that I believe that God is. And there's a lot of people in the church world that don't see God the way I'm fixing to talk about God right here. Okay? But that doesn't change God. Right? You've heard me say the bumper sticker I saw one time. It said, God said it, I believed it, and that settled it. And that isn't true. God said it, and that's it. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. But when we believe what he said and we take what he said is real and we learn to process it and understand it and walk it out, then as we believe it, it works because he said it. Not because I believed it. It works, yeah, that I believed it for me, but it works because he said it. And, and, and the more we understand that and, and we apply that to ourselves, then we're going to believe everything he said. And when I believe everything that he said, then I'll have everything that I believe he said because he said it. Not because I dreamed something up. That's why we've got to know the word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not his word. His word will never. Man, his word is solid. It's true. You can believe it. You can trust in it. When you can't trust in anything or anybody else, you can trust the word. It'll never let you down. Wow. I mean... I feel like in all the years that I've been saved, I feel like today that I just, more and more and more I have these times alone with me and the Word and meditating and, 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 and processing the Word and letting, you know, confessing the Word and then reading about the Word and then reading certain things and, and praying in the Spirit and God revealing to me more of it. I, it's like... I'll get in those times, and it's like I can't get out of it. No, no, no. I don't want to get out of it. Like I like to just stay there all day long. You, you know what I'm saying? Because of the way that it, 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 it like washes my mind and where I've had, maybe I had something off a little bit, it just corrects it and, it, and it washes it. It changes the way that I think about something in a better way. Listen, you will always, no matter how much you think you know, you will always be tweaking a little here, you'll, you'll tweak all forever. 
Because if not, if you came to a place where you knew it all and you didn't need him, then you'd become a God unto yourself. And you're, you're a bad God. He's a good God, but you're a bad God. But, but you're a good who you are. <laughs> you know, we're, we're children of God. We're not him. We're his kids. And we're created in his image. And we have every right he says we have. But we're a bad him. If you're God of your life, you're not a good God. You weren't created to be God of your life. You were created to follow and allow him to lead you. And you follow him. And you do everything he says. And, man, your life will flourish. Your and my life will flourish continuously. And you say amen. So Philippians 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God. Whoo, man. Man, man, man. I've been spit on. I, I mean, I've had, I've had some people want to go to fist with me over that, per, that passage of Scripture right there in them saying that what I'm fixing to tell you, I believe this says, that I'm misquoting it and misrepresenting what this says. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming into the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Now, I'm going to read two more verses of scripture there, but let's break these, these few verses of scripture down just for a minute. <clears throat> so let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I mean, that's pretty direct, right? So in other words, think just like Jesus thought. Is that what that says? Is that pretty much what that says? So however Jesus thought, you spend your whole life renewing your mind where your thinking isn't like he thought, start thinking like he thinks. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So now he gets specific. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Okay? Now, who's God here? Who's God? God the Father. He's talking about a specific part of the three parts of God. There's Father, there's Son, and Word first it was the Word, and then the Word became the Son. Okay, so there's Father, Word, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're three separate, but they're one. Now, you know, you, you can forever try to figure that out, and you, you can have, I mean, I, you know, we, we could talk about it for the rest of the year and into next year and still have disagreements on those kind of things. If you try to figure that out, you just have to believe that. He's, he's three, and he's one. Yet he's three, but he's one. Everybody say, settled. Done, okay? So, in this verse of Scripture, he's saying this about Jesus. Now, is Jesus who we knew in the earth, was he part of the three? Now, th think about it for a minute. Was he part of the three? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. He's part of the three. Who was he? He was the son. Okay? But that's not who he's talking about right here. So, so notice, notice how, how this is worded. Who being in the form of God, being part of the three, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming into the likeness of men. So the Bible says he humbled himself. He became poor that we could be rich in all things. He became what he became like us. So then we became like him, right? And in his state, in who he was in the earth, he was like us. See, when he came here, he didn't come here to become something he already was. What was he? Son of God. He didn't come to the earth to become the son of God. He came to the earth to become the son of man. So what what he considered was not robbery. He said, think the same way. When you and I think in our minds, in our lives, when we see ourselves the way Jesus saw himself, then we find ourselves doing the things that Jesus did in the earth. That's what matters. Whenever, when, when all the dust is settled, when all the debates about doctrine and everything on planet earth are, are, are settled, what's going to matter is, did we become the church that God created us to be that the gates of hell cannot prevail against? Jesus being the head, us being the body. When, when Randy walked in here tonight, his body walked in here, but his head wasn't left in the car to go get later. Right? I mean, that's be kind of gross. His head's out in the car and his body's in here, right? See, but, but what people want to do is they want to separate themselves from Jesus because we can't think of ourselves as being equal. Is the head and the body equal together? Are they together? Right. I mean, this is, a, this is an LLC. This is a corporate equal limited liability company, right? It's a 50-50 deal. It's, it's, we're, we're together on this thing, right? Is, is that not right? That's what this is with God. He set it up. Remember, we talked about a minute ago, if God said it, then that's the way it is. So right here, what we're reading is, do not think, do not think that it's robbery that you think that you're equal with God because of the part that you are. Now, is, is his body his head? It's part of it, but his arm is not his head. His hand is not his eyeball, right? There's different parts, and that's what we play. We're the body. Jesus is the head. Let him do the thinking. Think just like him in every situation, and then we'll accomplish in the earth what he intended for us to accomplish. See, he didn't come here to become the son of God. He already was. He came to the earth to become the son of man, then leave us the Holy Ghost to live inside of us, us take and have the Holy Spirit inside of us revealing truth to us so that we could live on planet Earth and accomplish, all of us together accomplish, the body of Christ around the world accomplish what he accomplished in one person. Some people think 
they have the ability within themselves to do everything in themselves that Jesus did. I don't find it in Scripture. I find that it's available to me as God wills certain things when, as we've taught at different times on the nine gifts of the Spirit, there are manifestations of the Spirit of God that He wants to operate through our lives. And all nine of those gifts that Jesus operated in when He was on the earth, I have the ability to operate, but it's only as He wills it. But I'm convinced that the more effectiveness that comes through, let's say, myself individually, just as a person, not as a pastor, but as an individual, I'm so much more effective when I'm connected to something that's bigger than I am. And that bigger thing is the church, the body of Jesus Christ. See, when we're connected and all the parts are working together, that's where we accomplish what he accomplished in the earth. And to do that, we have to accomplish it with the same revelation of who we are, who he is, and the authority that his name holds. Now, so verse 7, again, let's just read that through verse 9, and then, over, then I want to read that, uh, 9, 10, and 11. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. As he humbled himself, and became like us, God gave him a name that is above every name, and then he gave us that name that is above every name for us to use on planet Earth. And the original, the, the, the first verse that we read in verse 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was in him. Interesting thing, through the years as I've just studied the life of Jesus. You, you think of Jesus, when I, when I first got saved, I, I thought of Jesus as one, one person, one thing. But today I see him in a totally different light than what I saw him when I first got born again. But through the years, what's evolved is who he was as an individual and how he made choices that affects my life today. He made choices along the way. Listen to me. When Jesus was in the garden, and the Bible says he began to sweat drops of blood, he was in the garden of Gethsemane, and he brought, had some of the disciples with him, and, and three times he left them to go and pray, and he encouraged them to pray. And three times he made this statement to the Father, not just once, he made this statement three times. God, if there any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will but yours be accomplished. So what that says to me is that Jesus' will, Jesus, the Word, the Son, and the Father's will were not the same. He began to experience in the garden, when he began to sweat blood, drops of blood in the garden, what he began to experience was the sin of all mankind 
that had ever lived or ever will live. Those on the earth at the time, those in the future that were not born, that's you and I, those before us, and those under the earth, as it says in the scripture there. He began to take all of that sin and sickness and everything evil on himself. How could one human being do that? I don't know. But three times he said, in, a, in, in essence, Father, if there's another way, please. There's got to be another way. In that moment, what it revealed was his emotions were dictating another will. But he said the third time, the third time, there'd be any other way let this cup pass but not my will and yours be done boom and it was settled I don't know how that transpired then but something was settled on the inside of him and his will and the father's will the, the greatest act of submission ever on planet earth was right then when Jesus took and did his the will of the father not the will of him and he, he said during his earthly ministry Time and time again, we have record of the, 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 the different times that he would share with people. I didn't come here to do my will. I came here to do the will of him that sent me, right? And in second, in Philippians 2, he's saying, let that mind be in you that was in Christ. He knew his equality with God because God had sent him. He was created for a purpose, to accomplish in the earth what Adam and Eve lost in the Garden of Eden. That's what he was sent to do, and he was sent here to accomplish it. And in being sent, he knew what the will of the Father was. He came here to do that, but he had to be convinced of it. And listen, I mean, you know, you and I face temptations or things come against us or struggles in our own personal life, but you, you think about you think about the worst day you've ever had in your life or trial or temptation or test that you've been through in your life, and you think about taking on everybody else that's ever lived and ever will live in a moment's time. How, how could you do that? How, how could, um, listen, he was all God, but so are we. He was all man, just like you and I. We were created in his image. We are spirit. That's who God is, and we are spirit. And he created us to do everything he told us to do. And if we do it, it'll happen just exactly the way that he said it'll happen. The angels don't have that. The animals don't have that. They don't have those rights, those privileges. You and I have those rights and privileges. And the key to the whole thing is your mind being renewed to where you think this way. That's where it starts. Because if you don't begin to think that you have the same rights in the earth that Jesus had, then you've, you, you've misunderstood. That's why I said at the beginning, so many people that I've known through the years in the church world just don't believe that. They don't believe we have the right to that. If you don't believe you have the right to that, then you don't understand why God created you and put you here. He didn't, cre he didn't create us to come here and be run over and be humiliated and be taken advantage of and, 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 and all that. He created us to humble ourselves under his mighty hand and let him exalt us 
at, at a level and, a, and, a, and in a way that we're not in pride thinking that our exaltation is ourselves or, or anything that has to do with us. And in that exaltation, the power and authority, when, when, when people come to you and they acknowledge how great God is because of you, I mean, what, what do you say? I mean, I'm not talking about false humility. Well, no, it's, it's not me. Yeah, yeah, it, it was me, but it's all God. If this thing happened or that thing happened, it's all God. If I prayed and, and something happened and, and it turned, it wasn't just because I prayed. It's what I prayed, but it's not just because I prayed. It's because of what the Word accomplished through Jesus Christ. I chose to believe it, yes. But I promise you, thinking you believe something and being in pride will not produce the results. That's why we have to humble ourselves. We have to think the way he did. I mean, what, did, what access did Jesus have at shutting everything down, destroying the whole thing, when he had to choose that cup in the garden? What, what, I mean, he had all of heaven at his disposal. He could have called fire, I don't care, blown it, whole thing up. I mean, could have probably gone to the Father, Lord, uh, Father, uh, you know what? Let's annihilate this, this crazy bunch and let's start over. I mean, I, I don't know. What, what, what could he have said? I'll just tell you this. He had the choice to not choose or it wouldn't have been justified. He had the, he had the ability to choose himself. But the fact that he chose you and I, now he's empowered you and I to think the same way so we can choose everybody else. Your and my life is not about me. My life is about what God wants it to be for the good of other people. And along the way, he takes care of all the rest of it. We just get it backwards when we focus all, everything on ourselves and what we're doing, trying to get God to bless us. God's already blessed us. He's already done it all. Now we have to humble ourselves, get us in that place where we're thinking the way Jesus thought, and then we see the same things happen. He was given the name above every name, and he gave you and I that name. Amen? Ephesians 1 tells us that. Let's go a, a book back to Ephesians 1 and verse 20. The prayer that we pray that I've encouraged you in this year, the prayer, the prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus is one of the prayers that we've, I've encouraged you to pray for yourself and for others just because of how it gets your mind on God working and doing things in and through other people's lives. And, and so on the heels of that prayer in verse 19, uh, in verse um, 20, he says, all, all that that prayer represents says in verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. I mean, did, did the Apostle Paul here go to extremes to make sure that everything is covered? I mean, there's nothing left out. Yeah, but Pastor, we, could, we couldn't uh, exercise our authority in this area right here then that was left out. 
I promise you, you shouldn't overestimate yourself that much that something in your life was left out what the blood of Jesus accomplished. Did you hear me? I, I, I mean, I'm serious about that. Do not think, do not let the devil lie to you and tell you that there's something that you're facing today that the blood of Jesus is not already taken care of. That's what he's saying right here. Let, let, let's read that again, verse 20. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The Father did. The Father raised Jesus from the dead. Seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality. All power. And might. And dominion. And every name that is named. I, I, I got a report from somebody, a family member, the other day that something with a name had attacked their body. I had a family member that, that something that has a name attached to it attacked one of my, family, my, my extended family members' bodies. It has a name. That's the first thing I thought about. First thing I thought about is the name of Jesus is above anything that has a name. Okay? Cancer is a name, right? Strokes. Has, strokes are a name. Heart disease is a name, right? Anything that, that comes to prematurely take people out has a name to it. And the name of Jesus is above that name. What, what we have to do is in a relationship with God, in an ongoing day-to-day -day relationship with God, we have to work out what we do with the thoughts that come to us about situations that we're faced with. Because what's the first reaction to hearing something bad that's happened to somebody that you love? What's the first reaction? You jump up and down with joy and you're doing cartwheels? No. The first reaction is fear. That's the first reaction. And I'll just tell you this, and I've learned this through the years. Every time that you're, you're, the first reaction or the first response that affects you from a, a report that you get, if it's fear, fear words can't be the first words that come out of your mouth because if they are, it's very, very, very difficult to retrieve any ground that you're trying to gain in that, in that area. You say, well, what, why are words so powerful? Because the Bible says death and life are in the power of what we say right? By your words are you justified, and by your words are you condemned. So every time, and, and listen, if, if you're born again, you're doing anything for God, fear is looking for opportunities to attack your mind. Don't think that, well, I'm born again and spirit-filled, and now everything's going to be fine. Well, yet everything will be fine if we learn what to do with the Spirit of God on the inside of it. He's not in there just sitting around just, you know, drinking coffee and doing whatever. I mean, he's in there ready to reveal the word. His job is to reveal the word so that we'll think the way Jesus thought on the earth and we'll get the same results that he got. Sorry, I yelled so loud. But we got to get it, right? Um, I mean, don't raise your hand. Don't even smile. Just, just, look, just look at me after I say this, but just think about this. How many of you, uh, the candidates that you voted for, oh, how many are really glad the elections are over? 
Woo! Glory to God. No more talk about it. But how many you, you, you people you voted for, don't, don't raise your hand, don't, don't even smile or anything, the, the people you voted for won the election. Just think about it for a minute. If you were voting for somebody and you were really wrapped up in the elections, it's good to be wrapped up in the elections, it's good to be a part of that and vote and do. We, we encourage it. We sign up people to vote. We, we always encourage you to do those kind of things. But at the end of the day, if the person you voted for didn't get in and you feel like that the person that was running against the person you voted for was the enemy, fear. Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? This guy is going to get in the office. I can't breathe. Give me a bag. Why do we do stuff like that? Because we're not thinking like Jesus. Yeah, we did our part. We did everything. We prayed. We, we believe in God with all these kind of things. How, how many uh, voted for the president? That, don't, don't raise your hand. How many voted for the president that's here right now? How many voted for the president before that? How many voted for the president before that? Or the president before that or that or whatever? How, how many voted for the different presidents and, and along the way you didn't get the one you voted for? I'm just telling you right now, when you're connected to God and you did your part and you voted for who you believe God told you to vote for, at the end of the day, you release that and you're trusting God. Huh? Listen to me. We underestimate the anointing that is on his word and we underestimate the power of the spoken word. We have the ability. What do he say? Look at this. Far above all principality, power, what's that power? Governments, anything else, might, dominions, which could also be governments, and every name that is named, right, uh, is, is what Jesus did bigger than the President of the United States? Absolutely. Is it bigger than, than, than Congress or, or the Senate or um, the Supreme Court or the judges across the land is, is what Jesus did bigger than all those. Yes. Did I say don't get involved in politics? Absolutely not. Do everything you need to do. Be a part of it. But at the end of the day, he reigns supreme. His name is above every single name. Okay? And he, that, yeah, I mean, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. But after this last election, he's tilting. Ah, he could fall off. Ah! No. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to make a, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm really not trying to make a joke out of it as much as I am to let you know God's good with all of it. You know why people get elected? Because other people vote for them. Boom. revelation other people vote why did King Saul become king because God wanted him no God was waiting for David oh yeah God was waiting for David but the people wanted Saul and what happened they got him he looked good for a while he's good looking slim and trim worked out in the gym every day bad to the bone able to take people out 
you know, do whatever he wanted to do. But then he got goofy. Started going goofy in his mind. You know why? He didn't need that job. He'd have been good right where he was. He didn't need that position. God didn't want him, but God gave it to the people because the people wanted it. So just remember that. When people get elected, and, what, and, and when someone gets elected that you, didn't ele- that you didn't vote for, and they get elected, just be good with it. Just move on. And you know what? Pray for them. I mean, every day. There's been a couple of presidents that I wasn't really all that f- about in the last however many years that I've been voting. There's been a couple of them in there. But I promise you, I prayed as much or more for them than I prayed for presidents that I liked. I didn't necessarily listen to everything they said, but I prayed for them all the time. Spoke the word. Didn't underestimate the power of the spoken word. And you know what? I'm not in jail. Hmm? They They didn't hurt me. They didn't come take my family away. They're not. You understand? Because the world I live in is framed by the word of God. And, and what, we're, what we're reading right here, see, I'm reading to you what it says, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. That'd be this one and the one to come. But he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Next verse. Which is his body. The church is his body. The church is his body. Gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. So when I get a situation that, goes, that, 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 that fear hammers my head with, and, and I'm finding myself in that, and fear comes... If I don't take care of that situation with the word of God, then I'm not doing what Jesus would have done in the same situation because he did it in the garden when he was tempted to a place to do his will and not the Father's will. He chose the Father's will in the greatest temptation that a human being has ever experienced a hundred times over any other human being or, or more than that. And he chose, he made the choice. So you know what he did for me? He empowered me to make the same choice. Every time fear comes, I can choose to do the opposite. But I've got to put the word on it. Never underestimate the power of the spoken word coming out of your mouth. And the more you speak it, and the more you develop a belief system of that, as the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, you'll believe that what you say comes to pass when? When you said it. Not when I see it. So if I'm praying and speaking somebody something over somebody that's in office and I don't see any change, I don't have to be freaked out. Huh, God said. I'm putting the word on it. That's why you got to get the word on it, not the whole Bible on it, the word that God's speaking to you in the moment. Whatever fear that you're dealing with over whatever situation that you're faced with, you've got to get the word on it. That's why you've got to hear the word as you're hearing it tonight. You've got to take what you hear and meditate on it, spend time in it so you believe it. You're not just believing what someone else said. And you know what? Funny thing is, people believe that in every other area of life, but why not the church? 
I'm not talking about you. But I'm just talking about in general. The guy that asked me the question, and he didn't like my answer that I told you about earlier. Okay, you don't have to like it. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. He, we're friends. And, and he didn't like what I said, so whatever. You don't have to, you don't have to agree with it. And you, you, you'll never shove the word you believe down someone else's throat that has no understanding or any, any revelation. So just back off, yeah. right? But like my friend is like, I didn't say this to him, but I wanted to say, don't ask me. You don't like my response, don't ask me. But I didn't say that, but I did say that to you. <laughs> no. But you know what I'm saying? But we don't have to be belligerent about that. You don't know it all. Huh? I don't know it all. I don't know everything about it. I'm, I'm just telling you what I've learned and what has become revelation to me and become real to me. And I want to get better at it. I want to know this more than I've ever known it. I want to think like Jesus every minute of every day. Every unkind situation that I find myself in, I want to respond the way Jesus would respond in that situation. Right? Every single situation I find myself in, I want to do it. Do I find myself doing it? No. But when I repent to God, you know what, Lord? I shouldn't have done that. I, I chose me and not you in that situation. You know what I hear God say to me a lot today? I couldn't have heard that 15, 20, even 30 years ago. I couldn't, I couldn't have heard, really understood what he said. But I hear God saying to me, you know what, Kurt? I need you to be kind in an unkind situation. What profit is it when you're kind when someone else is kind to you? Anybody can do that. I need you to be unselfish when someone else is being selfish. I need you to do that because people need to see what that looks like. How, how would you ever know if you don't see that through someone else? You're not going to see Jesus come from the right hand of the Father down here to say, okay, you guys are screwing this whole thing up. I'm going to let me take care of it all. It's not going to happen. That's why things progress on and on until the church gets it and it does what it's supposed to do. Who are we? We're the church, which is his body. And he gave us his name and the authority that goes with that name that we can do any and everything that he did in the earth. That's pretty amazing. Wow. I mean, stop and think about that for a moment. There's not anything. So when you feel overwhelmed, when you, you hear a report about something and you, you start feeling overwhelmed, or, oh my gosh, you know, that person's going to, win this election and that's going to do that because people are going to take what someone else's agenda is and make it if they've got an agenda they're going to make it sound like it's worse than it is but it doesn't matter how bad it appears that everybody else says that it could be because of this guy winning an election or this or whatever because because i've heard that all my all my born again life i've heard the church get freaked out if the wrong people get in office I'm not saying, I'm not here saying, you know, vote for the other guy, vote for the other guy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that, huh? But vote for the guy that uh, doesn't believe what you believe. No, don't, you vote your convictions. But at the end of the day, we trust God above everything. And we've got to learn to do that. And the only way you can learn to do that is to apply the word when those fear thoughts and things attack your mind. You can't wait till the situation's overtaking you and in desperation, you're trying to hope and pull God out of a hat somewhere. He doesn't pop out. 
He's not in a hat. He's in heaven at the right hand and inside of you and I. That's where God, the three parts are. In heaven, at the right hand, Holy Spirit's in us. And I tell you what, if we connect with him, and all he does is reveal what Father says, and we're getting that revelation because of the authority that was given to Jesus at the right hand, man, it's a win-win. We can't lose. I mean, I'm telling you, folks, we can't lose on this planet. Kerrville, Texas, Kerrville, Texas can't lose for winning because when I say we, we're here. The church is here. People that love God are here. I'm not just talking about gates of the city. I mean, there's a handful of people that are here tonight in this place. We can change the whole city if we believe what we're talking about tonight. But there's more people in this town that believe the same thing. Kerrville can't lose for winning because of who Jesus is. Can you say amen to that? Amen? But it's not just because of who he is, but because of who he is in me coming out of me and you the same way. See? As we believe and we do, we accomplish all that in the power of his name. Can you say amen? Um, so I'm just going to end with this, this passage, and it's found in Acts chapter 3. I was, I was thinking about this passage today, all day today, and it's one of the main reasons that I just kind of built a little foundation out of those other two passages of Scripture. But in Acts chapter 3, um, and <clears throat> this is right after the day of Pentecost and all kinds of things were, I mean, happening. And, and, and the power of God began to flow, but it all began to flow because of the revelation that certain disciples had of the name of Jesus. And in Acts chapter 3, um, let me just read real quick. Let's just start with verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Fixing his eyes on, on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, and he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. When? How quick was that? I mean, that like, in the name of Jesus? But, but why did that happen? Why did it happen? Because the presence of the Lord was there, or because this thing happened, or that thing, or because Jesus himself was there. You know, he had come back, you know, from the right hand of the Father to, to do this miracle at the, at the gate beautiful because he forgot to do it when he was here, you know, or something. I mean, no. He did it because Peter and John had something that they needed. Now, I promise you, Peter and John had money. I promise you. These are successful business guys, fishing business guys, right? They had money. But they knew what this guy needed was not money. This guy needed the name of Jesus. And they had the revelation of what the name of Jesus would do, and that's what they gave him. 
Now watch. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's greatly amazed, called Solomon's porch, and they were greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Men of Israel... Why do you marvel at this, or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied. Isn't it amazing what he's saying to them? Now, does, it, does it sound like that he's talking like somebody is, like, he, like, he, like he, he's trying to be humble. Hey, don't look at us. We, we didn't do anything. They did some things, but what they did is not where the focus needs to be. What they did, what they did is where the focus needs to be. Not on who they are that did it. The focus needs to be on what they did in the name of Jesus Christ. This man leaped up and he, he's well, right? And these guys did this. Well, they were his disciples. Yeah, so are we. It didn't matter if, if these were uh, two of the, the original 12, right? That there weren't just 12 disciples in that day. There were 70, and then and there, there were uh, upwards of 500 and even more, even before Jesus left the planet. And today, the same duplication process has made its way to us. We're, saint, we're disciples of Jesus Christ the exact same way. Now watch this, and here to me is the key to it. But he said, you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead and which we are witnesses. Verse 16. Here's the key. And his name, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. What's made this man strong? The name of Jesus. But it's beyond just the name of Jesus that made this man strong. It was faith in the name of Jesus. Did the man at the gate beautiful have faith in the name of Jesus? Absolutely not. Who had faith in the name of Jesus? Peter and John. Peter and John had faith in the name of Jesus. The, the, the guy that got the gate beautiful, he, 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 he was disappointed that he didn't get any money. But they gave him what he needed. And what they gave him is what they had. And what did they have? They had faith in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we go back to the first sentence that we read in our original text in Philippians 2. They started thinking the way Jesus thought. And the more you and I think the way he thinks then we'll end up doing what he did and we'll get the same results that he got. Faith in the name. It's the name. It's the name. The name of Jesus is the name above every name. But what gets the name of Jesus to override what other names seem to have power and are accomplishing, like 
let's say, cancer or something that has a name that appears that it has a power and it has an upper hand on people's lives today, okay? The way to accomplish that is to have faith in what the name accomplished. Is everything with a name under the name of Jesus? Absolutely. That means that anything with a name that tries to have power to overcome your or my life or others' lives in any way, the man at the gate beautiful, only, the, only faith in the name can cause what the name had actually accomplished to work on his behalf. It took those guys' faith. Remember the guy that they lowered down when Jesus was alive and they cut a hole in the guy's roof and they lowered him through the roof to get him in there because of what, what was wrong with his body? And Jesus looked up and he said, he said what, he was, what he was moved by was their faith. There were four guys and it was their faith lowering that guy on the stretcher down there. It wasn't the faith of the guy on the stretcher. It was the four guys that cut the hole in somebody's roof. What if we're sitting here tonight and there's so many people in here, they can't get in and all of a sudden you hear a saw going on the top. I mean, it took faith to cut a hole in the top of our roof thinking they may throw me in jail, but I'm getting this guy in. Right? Right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what they did, and it was their faith that caused that to happen. What can your faith do for someone else? I can't tell you how many times that something has come or some situation has come before me that I had to go into intercession about and pray for for someone else. Where, I, where There have been times when I've spent all night up. I've spent all night up praying in, in, in the Spirit to get getting the mind of God. But it's not staying up all night that gets the answer, okay? It's not, well, I'll try stand up, maybe that'll work. No, stand up's not the answer. What happened was I ended up staying up all night, and when I stayed up all night, I broke through and got the answer. Does it take all night? No. But if it takes all night, will I stay with it to get the answer to know what I need to do? See, because... We're fighting for other people. There's, there's principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places want to convince us that Jesus really hasn't done what he said he'd done. We, we're, we're, God's created us to be like Abraham. He became fully convinced over time that what God had promised, he was able to perform it every single time. Amen? Every single time. Every single time. How many can say in here tonight something in your own life or something in someone else's life that you're believing God for? My hand's up. I, I got two hands up believing God for things tonight. Amen? And most of what I'm believing God for tonight is in other people's lives. In other people's lives. I'm telling you tonight, the name of Jesus works. It works. Close your eyes with me just for a moment. And I want you to think about what you're believing God for. And, and, and I'm saying to you what Peter said to the man at the gate. I'm, I'm saying to you, nothing in the natural is what you need. What you need is in the authority of the name of Jesus. So that what you need in the natural 
will come to you as a result of what you believe. Not what you're waiting for. Not what you're hoping someone else does for you. That man at the gate, he expected everybody to do for him. Years and years and years. Everybody to take care of him and provide for him. I'm telling you tonight, Jesus has already provided for you. What you're believing him for is in the authority of the name and for you personally in that becoming revelation to you. And that's my prayer for you tonight. Father, I thank you in the house. If you're believing God for something and you're you're saying tonight, yes, I believe it's that authority of the name. Just with your eyes closed, just lift your hand and I'm praying for you tonight. I'm praying over you tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. As we said earlier, heaven and earth will pass away, but your word, man, your word will never pass away. It is so fresh right now. And Father, the word regarding the name of Jesus and the power that's in that name that's been given to us, the church, which is your body in the earth, I thank you tonight that that revelation is going deep in every person that has their hand up believing for things to come to pass. Their confessions are changing. Their expectation is changing because their expectation is in what Jesus did. Their faith is in the name and what the name accomplished over 2,000 years ago. That's where their faith is. And it's going to become that way more and more every day from here on out. I believe it and I stand in faith with them for it. From this day forward, whatever he says is so, is coming to pass in the things that you believe him for may not be tomorrow, may not be the next day, the next week, the next month, but the stronger it gets on the inside of you, your reckoning day is coming. Things are coming to pass because God is faithful to his word and his promises are coming to pass on behalf of everything that he says is true. Amen? In the name of Jesus tonight, receive that.